You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. A quick heads up, and then we're going to get started. Today's going to go fast. We're only doing an hour. Um, I'll give you an idea of how this show has worked so far. This is our third week of Broker Connect. Um, today we've got Nate Rowland on with us from truckstop.com. So we're going to talk about a lot of things, but questions. We've been seeing a pattern in the beginning of the show. We have almost no questions. And I think it's because people aren't sure yet what kind of questions to ask. But by the end of the show, we have 50 questions and I only get to two of them. So the sooner you think of something you want to talk about, ask about, bring up, whatever it might be, press one on your phone, jump in there quick, and we'll try to get to as many of them as we can. Um, We chose not to have a broker on today because with Nate and a broker, we'd never get to any questions. So we made the time available for questions. So jump in as soon as you can. And we'll try to get to those. We're going to go ahead and get started. Here we go. Your money, your taxes, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. This is Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The show is all about the business of trucking, and this is Broker Connect, the show where we bring carriers and brokers together to find new and innovative ways to bring more value to our mutual customers, the shipping community. The system has been broken for decades, and it's time to fix it. That's my mission on this show. We'll take your calls and answer your questions about building strong relationships, rates, lanes, spot markets, seasonal freight. And of course, we'll talk about the problems and challenges, but we'll seek solutions and so much more. Pick up the phone and call us now. We're going to get to those calls in just a little bit. Joining me today, I'm very happy to announce Nate Rowland. He's the training manager over at truckstop.com. Nate, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kevin. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity. It's exciting. Well, yeah, it's great to have you here. And and I was thinking back, you know, you and I are becoming quite the dynamic duo. We worked together back at Connected where I got the idea for this show. And then at uh, the Mid-America Truck Show this year, you and I did many, many sessions together. And it's really working out well. You have that that training background in all the tools that these guys need. So you know this stuff inside and out, and it really brings a lot of value to the show. So we're happy to have you here. Great. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's uh, like you said, we've been forming a nice, nice partnership, uh, including CMC Live as well, uh, being able to speak there to, to your, your avid followers. So um, I'm, I'm very honored to be, uh, again, talking with you. 
So we're going to jump right into it today. We're going to get to some of the tools that, that are available to carriers that they're just not using. And, and we'll talk about how we know they're not using these things. And, but before we do that, I, I want to kind of set up the problem as I see it. And I've been hearing these things for years and years, and it's just frustrating. Um, we're going to talk about why carriers always feel like they're losing the negotiation. I, I don't hear this from brokers. When when I go talk to brokers, I hear problems clearly. You know, it, it's sometimes hard to get a truck. It's hard to find a really good small carrier. But I don't hear them really complaining about the whole negotiation process because I, they understand it better. And I want to bring that same level of understanding to the carrier so that we can start working on win-win negotiations because all we really do now is win-lose and the carrier always feels like they're losing. And part of the problem is that truck drivers are truck drivers and that, that is not a negative comment at all. I come from a long line of truck drivers. My grandfather was an owner-operator. My father was an owner-operator. Most of my family was at one point. And they weren't owner-operators because they really wanted to be in business or loved business or even understood it very well. They loved trucks. My, my dad loved working on a truck as much or more than he liked driving a truck. So he liked owning it because he could do whatever he wanted. But he struggled in the business his whole life. Um, and he would go back and forth from, you know, a union job that paid well so he could save up some money to buy a truck and he'd run it till he ran out of money. And then he'd go back to a job and, and even close to retirement. You know, he kind of bought his dream truck at the end, but the dream turned into a nightmare because he, he didn't really know how to run the business. And I, I think that was my motivation for learning the business side of things. And yet I see so many of these small carriers not have the basic understanding of business. That's not where they came from. They, they like owning trucks. They like driving trucks. They're very good at what they do, but they're hurting themselves if they don't get at least that basic business education. And, and what we're talking about are, are things like supply and demand. I mean, you guys have incredible amounts of data when it comes to supply and demand. And we're going to talk about those tools, but I, I want to talk about just the basic idea. Business runs on supply and demand and supply and demand sets rates. I, I use this number and I've asked brokers and other people in the industry and they say, you know, it's probably close. Um, I, I use a number that 90% of most rates in trucking are pure supply and demand. Trucking is look, looked at as a commodity, meaning service isn't valued all that much. We need to change that. And, and people just look at price. It's like buying gasoline or sugar. You know, it's sugar, it's gasoline, it's all the same. I'm just gonna buy it where I can get the best price. And a commodity, that's what a commodity is. And freight too many times is looked at that way, but it is done. So we have to deal with that. So about 90% of that rate is pure supply and demand. And you need to understand that. The other 10%, I say, is your ability. I'm talking about the carrier now, the carrier's ability 
to provide real value different from what other people are doing. Look, I, I tell this to guys all the time and they say, well, I provide value. I'm always on time. I pick up the load. It gets delivered. I don't damage anything. Most carriers are doing that. I mean, that, that's nothing that's going to set you apart from the pack. That's just the commodity. The shipper expects that. We have to go above and beyond that. If we want to get that extra 10%, if we want to start getting a better rate, which is what we all want, and that's the whole purpose behind this show, we have to provide value above and beyond what everybody else is doing. And then we also have to know how to negotiate better. And these are the problems that the carriers face. They don't understand the supply and demand issue. They don't have the information to know when the supply and demand is on their side and when it isn't. The, the information is there. They're just not accessing it. They aren't really thinking outside of the box to provide more value above and beyond the norm, what's expected. And they don't really have good, strong negotiation skills because they've been working on their skills, driving a truck, moving freight, being safe, all those things. And all those are important. But if you're going to go out and become a carrier, you now have a whole new set of skills you need to acquire. And the reason they feel like they're losing is all of the things I just said they don't have or they're not accessing, the brokers have at their fingertips. They have all this information. They absolutely understand how supply and demand affects rates. They are good negotiators. They probably do have a business background. Many of them came from sales. So they're immersed in this stuff all the time. They take extra training. They see the rates all day long. They are negotiating rates all day long. Some small brokers may be outside of the office negotiating with shippers. Then they may be back in the office negotiating with carriers. It makes them really, really good at what they do. We need to get the carriers learning these tools, learning these concepts. And that's why we've partnered with you guys at Truck Stop. And that's why we're doing the show. Um, so I have some more things. But what do you think? Do you, do you think I've kind of packaged up the problem in a way we can start to address it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting because you, you started talking about, you know, transportation becoming a commodity. And before I came to work at truckstop.com, I worked for two really, really large carriers. And um, the whole term of commoditization of the industry was a threat and a fear, even within those very, very large industries, uh, or large, large businesses. So what I see is that, um, you know, those, those large um, freight shippers, they, they have some of this inside knowledge, but it is the worry that freight becomes a commodity. And then what do we do? Um, so, so one, I think you're dead on is, is we have to fundamentally understand the business. Um, we have to understand uh, what I would call basic business acumen. And that's not something that uh, people who are entering the, you know, becoming an owner operator or, or out there driving a truck. It's not something that has probably been, uh, either forced on them uh, to learn or suggested. It, it's, it's not the natural inclination to say, hey, I want to drive a truck. I better learn business acumen, right? Because you're talking about people just like your your father and your grandfather who who love truck 
They love to be out on the road. They like working on trucks, right? They like all the things that have to do about the industry. Those are the people we're talking about. So understanding business, that that's never probably been um, at the top of their list of things to acquire. Uh, but um, I think it's, it's going to be the biggest kind of differentiator for carriers, those who really understand the business and, and those who, who don't. And that's going to draw the line um, of who's successful and who's not. So I think it's a great place to start. I think it is one of the big problems. Um, but luckily, there's, there's a lot of ways that a carrier can get up to speed and get up to speed quickly. Um, so it, it's just like the old saying, knowledge is power. And when we're talking about the negotiations um, and negotiation strength, the person who has the more, most knowledge is the person who has the power. And so carriers are typically at a disadvantage when it comes to those conversations because they don't have that same information that the brokers do. Just like you were saying, the brokers live yep. in that data. The brokers live with all that stuff right there in front of them on a screen, on printouts, uh, whatever. And carriers typically don't have it. So they're going into these negotiations. Oh. Blind. Hold that thought. We've got to get to a break. We're going to come right back and continue with that. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Broker Connect. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Broker Connect. I've got Nate Rowland with me from truckstop.com, and, and we're kind of setting up the problem as we see it so we can start solving it. And we want to solve this from the carrier point of view. And honestly, Nate, I've talked to a lot of brokers about this issue. And even though, you know, the way things stand right now, they realize they're in a better position when it comes to negotiations. When I talk to them about my mission on this show and what I'm trying to do on the carrier side, they're all for it. They would much rather work with a carrier who understands business and understands the rates, and they're willing to give up a little more of that profit, sometimes a lot more of that profit to work with a really good carrier that understands these things because ultimately we have a mutual customer that pays all the bills. That's the shipping community. And, and they want these really business-minded carriers just as much as we want them. And now there are some brokers out there who would rather keep the owner-operators ignorant so that they can squeeze every penny of profit. We don't want to work with those guys anyway. They're always going to be there. We're never going to change them. We want to find the good brokers who are looking for these really good, educated carriers. You know what? I, while you were talking, I... I thought about a statistic. I wonder if we could dig this up somewhere. It would be interesting to know how many people working as brokers or agents today have at least a four-year college education and how many owner-operators or carriers have that. Now, I, I'm not a huge fan of college. I didn't go. Um, I, I believe that in today's world, in the amount of time you have to put into a four-year degree, which can be very, very general. I, 
I, I love studying myself so I can pick and choose exactly what I want to learn. And there's so much access to information today. I can learn anything and I can learn it way faster than I could in college. But that statistic, I think, would be interesting because no matter what you take in college, I don't care if it's advanced basket weaving, at some point, you're probably exposed to at least a couple of business courses so that you start to get this basic understanding. And this is a big part of what's missing on the carrier side. I agree. Um, I'm actually looking that up because I think that's a good stat as well. And I know that we have some information on it. I can't shoot it off the top of my head. Um, so if I get that in the next few minutes, I'll, I'll share share that stat with you. But um, I think it's I think it's a great place to look. I know uh, just kind of from this is anecdotal information, so don't hold me to exact numbers or anything. But I do know um, we did some research at the, the previous company I was on, again a large carrier, and we and we found that more of the of the drivers, the truck drivers, had some level of college background um, than I think most people believe. So there is some some sense of that. You know, um, I, I think there's stereotypes out there that are quite negative. Um, those are things that we should be out there dispelling about, about carriers in particular. Um, but it is interesting to think about, you know, what you get in a college education and does it expose you to a little bit more? Um, again, I, I was talking about business acumen. Does it expose you to a little bit more of that? So I, I would tend to think that it, it does expose you to that, but I don't know. Uh, and this is a big national debate, right? Is college education doing everybody um, right. the service right. that it, it should? plenty of people that are non-college educated or people that dropped out of college that are being hugely influential um, in in our, our world right now. Mark Zuckerberg jumps straight to my mind, dropped out, and how, how big the impact is Facebook having on us? So obviously he's a smart guy, but did the college education, was that the right path for him? So that's a bigger um, conversation, obviously, <laughs> and then we probably have time for today. But again, you can be self-educated, and I think that's really where, to me, is where it jumps out. If, if you're not going to pursue a formal education, um, then it's uh, being someone that pursues self-education and self-betterment. As a, as a person that works within training and development, that's my biggest, uh, biggest wish for um, the employees of Truck Stop, for the customers I come in contact with, is how do we help you continue to educate yourself? Because the more educated you are, and again, this does not have to be formal education, but the more educated you are, the more um, advantages you will have in life because you'll understand things better. Um, so I, I've, I've heard you kind of talk about your experience, Kevin, in educating yourself all along, all, all throughout your you know, career. And that's exactly what it is, listening to audiobooks, reading you know, books, whatever you can do to stay on top of things. Um, that that is the biggest advantage and the biggest piece of advice I can give to anybody, regardless if they're in transportation um, or regardless if they're a high school student right now, is, is don't stop learning. Don't stop reading. Don't stop educating yourself. Well, and we're in such an awesome time. And I, I've been pretty outspoken against, you know, where our colleges have gone. And like you said, that's a, another conversation, but we don't even need to go there. I, I've told these guys that, they're, they're at a clear disadvantage because they don't have this knowledge. 
They don't have the knowledge about sales and negotiation and business. That's one area. And they don't have the knowledge about rates and lanes that that is so dynamic. It's changing constantly. We're going to talk about that. But I say I, I tell them I, I'm just baffled because these drivers are in a position that they could get the equivalent of a PhD in about two years or less. They have 60 to 70 hours every week to listen and learn, and it doesn't take them away from anything else they're doing. They can, they're driving that whole time earning money, and they could be cramming their head full of knowledge for 60 hours a week. And, and I try so hard to get them to do more of this because they could end up far more educated than the brokers they're dealing with, with a much more specific education to, to get really get results. You know, there's so much good material. I've read, I think I'm closing in on 2,000 business books in my lifetime. And yet I have a list on my Kindle right now, not even a list. I have the books downloaded. I'd have to look, but I bet I have 25 on there right now that I can't get to. I don't have time. I don't have those 60 hours a week like I used to when I was driving. I have to cram it in, you know, an hour in the morning, a couple hours at night. But I continue to do that because all it takes is one good idea sometimes from a book to, to change everything. So you and I could talk about this kind of stuff forever. Um, real quick, let's talk about supply and demand. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I would say I did get those stats for you. Um, I'll just because uh, I, I think this is this is interesting, and, I, and I'll I'll wrap it up really quickly. But um, this is based on our research at TruckStop. Eighty-three uh, percent of brokers have completed some level of uh, uh, post high school education, and seventy percent of our carriers have. Thirty-three um, percent of our brokers have are reported as having a bachelor's degree, and sixteen percent of our carriers are reported as having a bachelor's degree. So to me, what I read from that, although the, the completion rate um, on who has a degree and who doesn't is, is a little bit more uneven, it, these numbers really say that, you know, it, we're, we're coming to a place where we're, we have similar education backgrounds on both sides of it. So maybe, maybe the education isn't what plays in, into it as much as the information they have access to or what they're doing, like you said, in their off time, in their personal time. Uh, what information they're gathering. So it becomes more of a who's better at um, compiling information, who's better about studying what's most relevant to their profession. Yeah, so let's move on to that then. We're supply and demand. We, we you know, we could put whatever number on it. I'm going to stick with my 90%, that that 90% of the rate is just going to be driven by supply and demand. And you made a, an absolute correct statement that in a negotiation, the person with the most information always has the advantage. And I, I've taken many negotiation training courses and they all do the same thing. They set you up on this hypothetical negotiation and you have to negotiate against somebody else in the class and you get a story and they get a story. You have no idea what's in their story and they have no idea what's in yours. And that many times is a lot like real life. But in real life, we would try to go find as much information about their story as we can. You didn't have that advantage in the class. 
So what we're talking about here is making sure that you have as much access to this information as you can have. And, and we're just going to give a quick, obvious example here. If we are sitting in Orlando, which is notorious for this kind of uh, scenario, and we access the information that's available that you're going to talk about in some of these tools, and we see that there are, I'm just going to use some numbers to to you know, kind of set the scenario. We see there's only 10 loads posted in all of Orlando. Maybe we're talking about flatbeds. Um, but there are 300 trucks. Now, that clearly gives you a message that the supply and demand is not on your side. That, uh, I'm going to get to a break because the music's playing. I'm going to come back and we're going to set up the opposite scenario because it happens both ways every day all over the country. But I'll, I'll point out where this is a problem for the carrier and how we can fix it, because that's what we're here for. We're not here just to talk about problems. We're here to solve them. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Broker Connect. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rothford. I've got Nate Rowland with me. He's the training manager at truckstop.com. Hey, Nate, sometimes I have ideas just pop into my head, and if I don't talk about them, I'll lose them. So I'm going to sidetrack here for a second. I have a challenge for you. Okay. Are you up for it? Okay. All right. So I was I'm looking at my notes. I was looking at my notes, and, and I love things you know, we refer to as best practices. We even do a show here once in a while on the weekends where I'll have drivers and owner operators call in and share their best, best practices around anything. Could be how to, you know, secure a load. It could be how to get better fuel economy, how to eat better, how to, you know, stay in contact and maintain relationships at home. It's just those little, you know, the, the phrase we hear a lot now, hacking you know, life hacking, or it's just those little hacks that help us do something better. I would love it if you would start compiling a list of hacks like this you can think of, best practices for carriers, and they don't have to be big, you know, a point or two here or there that we can, you know, try to share at least one on every show, every episode we do of the show. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm up for that. I think there's yeah, there's so many there's so many there's so many little things yeah. that we can we can do. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's a great challenge. So yeah, yeah. I'm I'm Love. I'm down for that. All right. So here's the scenario: we're we're in a lousy negotiating position where I just outlined in Orlando. Way too many trucks, not enough loads. It's common even. The owner-operators who don't stay on top of this stuff know that when you get into southern Florida, this is pretty common. The brokers clearly know this, and they will take advantage of it. This is when the ball's in their court, 
they're going to set ridiculously low rates because somebody's going to take that freight to get out of Florida. And you know what? You might as well. I mean, you need to keep the truck moving. And if you've pre-planned and you know a short distance you can move out of Florida to get into a better lane, then it might be make a lot of sense to just grab one of those and go. You're not going to – there are two things I would not do in this situation. I wouldn't try to negotiate too hard because I don't have a whole lot of strength. And I wouldn't wait too long. Because the longer I sit, the the higher my fixed costs become, and I need to keep the truck moving. But what I would do, and I see very few people doing this because they're just kind of pissed off. They're they're not getting the rate they want. They're unhappy. I I have a note here that I was looking at. Um, Every call is an opportunity to find a new partner and build a relationship. So instead of getting an attitude, because... This just is the way things work in the real world. Instead of getting an attitude, why not take that opportunity to work with that broker and say, look, I get it. I I know rates out of here are lousy. Where could you get me to the shortest distance possible that you could get me a better load tomorrow or, or whenever it works? Use that opportunity. Say, you know what? I'll move this for you. It barely covers my fuel. But where could you? So now, instead of needing to go dig through all of these rates and look at all the possibilities, which you should be doing all the time anyway, but leverage the broker. He's the one sitting there with all that information right in front of him. You know, make that connection and start building those relationships, but leverage it and say, look, I'll take this one. Um, But where can you get me to? shortest distance possible that you can get me my preferred rate because you should have a preferred rate. Uh, you know, I, I really like to pull for a dollar 60 and above, and I'll, I'm willing to provide that kind of value. Where can you get me quickly that gets me into a lane that has that kind of rate? That's the kind of stuff I, I they think, should be doing in that situation. Yeah, I, I think I think you can even start earlier. So let's let's talk about the load that gets you into Florida, right? So you're talking about being stuck in Florida, but how did you negotiate that load dropping off in Florida? So did you have the foresight or did you have the knowledge knowing that going into Florida you were gonna sit? If so, how did you negotiate that load that was dropping off in Florida? Did you negotiate that saying, Hey, you know if you send me here, I'm I'm gonna be stuck, right? So that's that's one point you can you can negotiate on to to give you some advantage once you're there. And then 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 we move to that point, Kevin, just like you're saying, making that building that relationship with a broker. Something else you can consider is while you're there in Florida, you can look and and this is I don't know if we're we're at this point yet, but truckstop.com gives their customers this insight to say, hey, these are the areas that do have a lot of freight. So not not just asking the broker, hey, where can you send me that does, but you could say, hey, I I see that, you know, um, I could probably, you know, get a good load out of this place, this place, or this place. And that's because you've researched and you've sat there and taken the two to three minutes, honestly. It doesn't take very long to, to figure out where freight, uh, where, where you have more negotiation strength. But then you can ask very specific questions of the brokers and say, hey, I can take this load, but is there any way you can get me to 
this area? Do you have any loads picking up out of this area? So I think you're exactly right. But there's there's several steps along the way if you're if you're trying to be better at this whole negotiation game that that this scenario you could have or you should be um, figuring out your piece of the puzzle, right? You should be asking for more money if you're dropping off in a low freight environment or a bad freight environment. And then again, build that relationship. Don't get angry over the phone when you're sitting there in Florida or sometimes, you know, the same thing happens on the West Coast out in California. If you're sitting there, don't get angry and belligerent with, with the, you know, with the, the brokers that are giving you rates that you don't like. Um, try to build some relationships because you may be getting good loads, loads always going into Florida, right? They need stuff down there. So you might be getting some really good rates. So build those relationships. Say, hey, yeah, I, I take a load down here at least once a week, and I'm always needing to get out. So keep me in mind. I'll, I'll take those loads getting out of here if you can back me up. Yeah, great, great information. That's exactly what we're talking about. So in this situation, we're, we're trying to help them turn what's traditionally been a bad situation into a better situation. Start thinking outside the box. Start working with those guys. Start figuring out where is some place close that I can get to pretty quickly and get back into a profitable lane. And if you do this enough and you just kind of touched on this, you might start specializing freight going into Florida because you've figured out how to make it profitable in the big picture of things. And you might have to take that lousy load, but if it's short and it repositions you and then you can take advantage of good rates going in, that's the kind of stuff we're, we're talking about building. Now let's talk about the other scenario. And this is the one where I see way too many carriers not taking advantage of the strength they really have. Again, we're talking about brokers who are in this information all day long. They've been doing it, many of them, for years. They know the trends. They know what's coming up next week, next month. And we have drivers who are out there doing their job well and they're not paying attention to this information. So let me give you a, a scenario. I had this happen so many times when I was a broker for a short period of time, um, and I was shocked by this. I, I'm sitting on, a, on many, many loads in an area, and there just aren't many trucks. This is the opposite scenario. I got customers screaming at me to get loads moved, and I can't find a truck anywhere. And I am willing to start paying more than I'm even getting for this load because I have to move this thing and I have to keep my customers happy. And out of the blue, because I've got loads posted everywhere, the phone rings and as I pick it up, I hear a driver on the other end and he's saying, I'm looking at that load you posted and I really have to get home. I haven't been home in two months and it's my anniversary and my kid's birthday. And if I don't get home, I'm going to be, I, I, this is like a gift from God right now. Because not only do I know absolutely that this guy has no clue how much freight is here and how few trucks are here, he also has zero negotiation skills because he would never start a conversation like this. Now, even though I'm in the worst position I've been in all month, doesn't matter anymore because I can bluff this guy in a heartbeat. And I'm going to. And that met, doesn't make me a bad person. Someone who's in a worse position than you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he doesn't know it. So he doesn't know that he really isn't in a bad position. 
but maybe the last six places he was in was the opposite. And now he's just used to it. Or he's just used to brokers who, I hear this all the time, brokers won't negotiate. Well, yes, they will. If you know how and when to do it, they will. And so now I know that I can give this guy a ridiculously low number because even if he doesn't take it, he's not going to hang up on me. I can work my way up and I'll get this load moved. This guy's not getting off the phone as long as I have a load. So I can give him some stupid low number and maybe bump it up once or twice and move this load and I go home happy. That doesn't make the broker a bad person. That's just good business. We need to be better business people on the carrier side. We're going to come back and talk about that right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rutherford. All right, real quick, we're heading into the final segment. We do have a couple calls up there. So um, I want to let uh, uh, Nate tell us how we can avoid both of those situations we just talked about. Then we're going to try to squeeze in a call or two. So here we go. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. This is Broker Connect. I've got Nate Rowland with me from truckstop.com. So, Nate, either one of those scenarios, we're either in a lousy position or a great position. What's really important is just knowing it. it, it give me either situation, and if I know it clearly, I can come up with a better strategy. So, what kind of tools do you have available so that we would know this really quickly? Yeah, great. So first off, all truckstop.com customers have what we call decision tools. So these are part of your truckstop.com account. Um, so it doesn't matter what level you're at. Um, these two tools, which are called Pintac and Load Densities, are both available to you. And both of these tools give you insight into the market. So it, it gives you that whole kind of really quick snapshot of uh, negotiation strength. So whether you have it or whether you don't. So that's where I usually start when I talk to uh, customers. Um, visit, use that page, use that, um, and, and, and that's a great launch pad to educate yourself. You'll know very quickly just by glancing at it, clicking a few buttons, um, where the freight is at. Also, within, if, if we're searching for loads, you can go into uh, load details and get more information not only about the load you're looking at, that will obviously help you, but it'll give you other information about similar loads. Uh, if this is a good load compared to similar posted loads, um, et cetera. So it kind of lets you know, um, you know, is this, has this broker posted a good load or they, you know, it, it gives you something called best paying loads uh, that, that shows you some comparison data. So you'll know like, Hey, they're, they're underpaying on this load or this guy's overpaying on this load compared to what else, is out there. So a little bit of information can go a very long way when it comes to negotiation. Um, so, you know, I've heard different analogies for negotiation. Um, people say it's, it's like a arm wrestling, right? <laughs> or they'll talk about it in terms of playing poker and not showing all your cards. 
So I'm a big personal believer in transparency, um, but you have to know when uh, you're being too transparent, which would be calling up and immediately spouting off why you need the load or why you're so desperate to get that load. Um, so right. it, it's okay to be open and honest. Uh, being honest and being open in dialogue is huge with, when it comes to building trust and trying to build relationships or foster relationships with brokers. Hey. But you don't want to come straight off saying, Let me jump hey, in there real I got to get here because my – yeah. yeah. Let, let me jump in there real quick. And I, I, I have some calls I really want to get to. You and I are going to do a lot more of this, by the way. Um, you just brought up a really good point. I am very transparent when I already have the relationship and the trust. Then I am absolutely transparent. I, I would tell a broker that I work with a lot why I really need to get home. I'll let him know I'm desperate. It, because we have that trust. He's not going to take advantage of me. Just like when he's desperate, he can let me know and I'm willing to help. That's win-win. You know, you mentioned the arm wrestling, the poker. That's old style negotiation. That's win-lose. Yeah. We want win-win. Right. And the only way you can ever get to win-win is build the relationship first. Um, and we could do a whole show on that. We probably will. But I want to get to some calls uh, before we run out of time, we're going to head to Texas. Bob, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin. How you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Well, uh, I, I listen to your show, and I've learned some stuff from you. And there's also, I've got five years under my own authority. I do seven axle freight. You know, some of the things that you dream about, that you talk about, either, either you do it to start, arguments or stuff, but I've tried everything under the sun as far as negotiation, be their friend, talk to them, socialize with them, to explain the loads to them. Some of these brokers out here just don't have a clue or just don't want to know or something. I, I can't figure it out, but there are some brokers that I work for periodically that like the way I do my things, and there are others that just, they're cut and dry on stuff going on. I mean, okay. it, it baffles let me. me. Let it baffles me, let but me unfortunately. Let me jump in and address that, that point. Let me address that point. You are 100% correct. Absolutely. And I've said it before. I say this about shops. I say it about every partnership we need to create in business. Just because I say you have to create relationships, I've never said you have to create relationships with everybody. There are some brokers I wouldn't give the time of day to. There are shops I would never attempt to build a relationship. There are some that will talk a good game and I'll attempt to build the relationship. But as soon as I see too many red flags, they're out of here. I, I, we're not even talking about the majority of businesses that I would build relationships. We're not even talking about half. We're talking about finding the five or 10% of those businesses that I can build a really strong relationship with. But let's do some math. Nate, real quick, you might know this off the top of your head. You might not. How many broker customers do you guys have in your system? Oh, geez. Uh, that's a great question, and I should Give know the number off the top of my head, but I don't. Give me a really <laughs> rough number. Could, could we have uh, 20,000? Somewhere, somewhere in that Somewhere in that ballpark, yeah. I, would, I, I hesitate so then, to give numbers if I don't have it. That's exact, okay. But, yeah. But just – 
just to be safe, then I'm going to call it 10,000 brokers in their system. And I'm being very conservative. I only want to work with five or 10 in my entire business. We're not even talking about a half of a percentage point here. So you're absolutely correct. There are tons of these guys I don't want to work with. It's my job. If I want a really successful business, it's my job to bust my ass till I find those five or 10 really good ones. Can, yeah, to, to address yeah, I agree. I I mean, what, what he's probably, ex, what you're experiencing is, is that, you know, brokers whole game, their whole strategy is built off of velocity. It's about how many loads they can crank out in a day, right? That's how they, that's how they make their money. And so when you're looking at some of those interactions you're having, I heard you say some of them are just cut and dry. They don't see the big picture. Um, and so, so again, you know, you're dealing with people that you probably don't want to build a relationship with because they don't see the big picture and how they can leverage relationships uh, to get that velocity, right? To, to get more loads moved in, in the shortest amount of time possible. If they have a really good relationship, they can just call people up. Hey, Kevin, I have this weird load. Can you move it? And Kevin's like, hey, yeah, just back me up and I'll get it moved, right? Done. Business is solved. Um, but these guys who are cut and dry or who don't appreciate um, you having conversations and trying to forge relationships, that's a, that's a warning sign. Kind of like Kevin said, just those are relationships I wouldn't invest in. Yeah, I know. And then you, you pull a load for them and then you do the job and then you call them back again and they're like, no, we don't have anything. Yeah, we don't have anything. Yeah, we don't have anything. So, you know, like Kevin says, what's... I don't want to. I tried to, Kevin. I tried to call your show yesterday, but I never got through. And I wanted to talk to you about cheap freight, but that's a whole other story. But, it it uh, is. Yeah, I mean, I'm and, a one. I'm a, I'm a one truck owner operator. I've got five years under my own authority. I'm getting ready to move up to nine axle freight for heavy haul stuff. You know, some of the stuff you're dealing with is on a reefer, flatbed, step deck stuff, hey, Bob, and I understand it's not. Bob, hold yeah. on. Hold on. Because there was a time early on in my career, the same year that I worked as a broker, I had an 11 axle piece of equipment. So I, I, and you could say, well, that was 25 years ago. It was, but not much has changed. Business is business. Oh, I think a lot of change in the, a lot, a lot of change in the industry since then, Kevin. I mean, no, it's it been a new format. Bi right. Business is business. We agree business. to disagree. Bye. My favorite business books are still 80 years old and 40 years old because th that stuff doesn't change. Trucks change, drivers change, basic business principles do not change. They haven't changed in a very long time. Building relationships, best book still out there is 80 years old. All that stuff is still holds true today. So I, I was there. I know what it's like to move those loads. I know, hell, my, my pilot cars, which I ran myself back then, made more money back then than my tractors pulling general freight did. I agree. I know. I, I pay the bill myself. I'm aware of it. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so. I, I was getting 80-some cents a mile on my pilot cars, and I was getting 73 cents a mile on my trucks moving general freight. Whole different world. But but oh, what, yeah, I, I, what I what I want to across to you is that this the business stuff doesn't change, and you are a hundred percent correct. Some of these guys are awesome. Those are the ones you spend all your time on. 
you build those relationships because we don't need many of those to keep us busy at a really good rate. Um, and, and Nate, you hit this right on the head. There are brokers out there who all they want to do is move as much volume as they possibly can. And they're not looking at the big picture of providing more value to the shipping customer. And that's why we're talking about less than 5% of the industry here. I, I'm not out to help everybody. I'm out to, to create more people in that top 5%. Any final thoughts? I think you're exactly right. We're, we're talking about a small percentage on both sides. Um, the, the best educated brokers, the ones who had the big picture, same with carriers, right? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a small group. So I tell both people, you're looking for those diamonds in the rough, those people who are worth investing in. I love that phrase, diamonds in the rough. We'll do it again. Uh, Nate, you've got your challenge. I want some best practices we can share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us. Be safe. Be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey. I'm Kevin Rutherford. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we uh, we didn't get to a lot of questions. Bob, thank you for a great conversation. That's the kind of stuff we have to start talking about. But keep in mind, all of you, we're not looking at changing the whole industry. I'm looking at creating more one percenters. That's my goal here. And uh, hopefully you'll join us again. We'll do this next week. Thanks, everybody. And a big thanks to Nate Roland and truckstop.com. Thanks for tuning in to The Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.